and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. Well, it finally happened. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, I conducted my first conversation with a subject via Zoom. This episode features Alexa Dawson, citizen of the Potawatomi Nation and an amazing vocalist and songwriter. As you'll hear in our conversation, Alexa was chosen as the Heartland Song Network's Artist of the Month for August 2020. So you will hear references to that organization and a songwriting exercise they initiated called COVID Collaborations. I am a co-founder and director of that nonprofit whose mission is to elevate the art of the song through education, collaboration, and mentorship. Alexa first caught my ear listening to the River Trade radio program on KKFI probably in early 2019. She lives with her young daughter in rural Chase County, Kansas in the beautiful tall grouse prairie of the Flint Hills. When she was touring the Heartland before the lockdown, I made sure to catch her shows whenever she made it to the Kansas City area. Her latest CD, Music is Medicine, was recorded by Peter Oviat at Moonflower Sounds in Taos, New Mexico and released by Lost Cowgirl Records. It's a delight. However, it turns out that work was not the first time I heard Alexa. She also performs with the Weta Skirts, a five-piece acoustic lineup whom I had seen performing at past Kansas City Symphony in the Flint Hills events. She's also a member of Halion, a group that describes themselves as taking a deep space acoustic flight where space-time as we know it goes away. A trans-apocalyptic pagan gospel supergroup formed in the Pecan Grove at Walnut Valley Festival. At the end of the day, Alexa is an extremely talented artist living in the Flint Hills, using this time of enforced isolation to reflect, reclaim, and reinvent herself. I think she's going to be just fine, and I cannot wait to see and hear what's next. Enjoy my conversation with the amazing Alexa Dawson. I'm going to presume that a lot of the folks that might be listening to the podcast or through the posts that we'll do on social media as part of your artist residency for August um, are not going to know you. So um, I want to kind of start basically and ask you some basic questions and, you know, we can dig a little deeper as we go. Do I understand correctly that you were born in Oklahoma and yes. on the, on the, in the nation, in the Potawatomi nation? Correct. Yes. Okay. And how did you end up in Kansas? So my grandparents, uh, started taking us to Winfield. Um, I think the, well, the first year that I went was when I was 20, they had been going for maybe six or eight years mm -hmm. prior to that and they'd always tried to get me to go and I didn't imagine it being a very fun time because they all you know sat around and played auto harps and and mountain dulcimers I, was gonna say dulcimers I thought that that's what it was all about and it, which is fine and I always enjoyed listening to my grandparents play that kind of music but I didn't really want to go hang out with that for a week I thought and when I was 20 my daughter was two years old or two months old and and I literally had nothing better to do than hop in the car with my aunt and my cousins and my baby girl. And we went to Winfield. And when I got there, I was just blown away, of course, by, you know, what I didn't know and kind of kicking myself for never having trusted my grandparents enough to go prior to that year. 
But anyway, so I started to meet friends in Kansas. And after going, I think, six years, I met my co-parent, Scott. We were married for about 13 years. So, um, so yeah, eventually, the you know, a man dragged me to Kansas. But I <laughs> That's how I ended up in it. Kansas City. That's <laughs> how I ended up here as well. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. As you, as you get older, how you learn that your parents and grandparents were not wrong about a lot of things. Right. <laughs> um, and in the course of, of speaking to folks like this, I learned how, how deep the influence, the musical influence that parents and grandparents have on children. Mm -hmm. And so your parents went to, took you to Winfield. Yeah, that's certainly. Were you listening to, were you playing bluegrass or listening to bluegrass or were you into rock and roll and whatever at that young age or? I grew up with a wide array of influences. Um, those same grandparents had, you know, uh, had the picking parties on the front porch and all, all of that. You know, I, I learned to play guitar when I was about 12, I think, um, because my grandpa taught me and because he uh, just showed me a few chords and, and I kind of took it from there. Um, and so that, that, that influence was the country. And, uh, but then on top of that, things like Carol King and, um, Peter, Paula, Mary, you know, my parents were very young. And so their, their records were like Genesis and the Oak Ridge Boys and things like that. Um, and then my, my other grandma and grandpa, they were very, they, they introduced me to more of like the artsy type things. They subscribed to National Geographic's videos. And I remember they got the Yanni oh. live at the Coliseum DVD. And I think my brother and I probably watched that VHS tape like a hundred times. Kind of that so, new, the new age music that was so yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, when I look at you, yeah, my grandma was into you look so young to me. I'm attached to I'm 41. Oh my goodness. So you're essentially self-taught and the guitar was your first one. Yeah. Do you play other string yes. instruments now? I do. I play mandolin with Haley on. Um, Haley on, I, I saw that you yes. had played, the, played our music on. Yes. No, I've been listening. I've been listening to it off. I mean, yeah. just the the self description that you all have come up for with that group is is pretty cool. <laughs> that 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 got my attention. Yeah. Like acoustic music from outer space or something like that. intergalactic acoustic music. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a space time flight. <laughs> You know, my first contact with your music was, I only came to know later that that, that it was you. I, I used to very regularly go to the symphony in the Flint Hills. And did not the skirts oh. play at the symphony? Yeah. That's, I think that's we the did. First, I, first time I saw your music. I remember very vividly that this young group of women playing um, before the main symphony event. And it was, you know, like it is, 100 degrees out there and the wind blowing a million miles an hour. Yeah. But just, I I am a sucker for harmonies um, and vocal harmonies just I mean I'll walk across a huge field like that to find out where that sound is coming from <laughs> and so that was my first awareness um, retroactively that you know now that I know that you were in that band are you still performing with that band are you still creating music in that in that as much as you perform sure yeah um, the core of the group that lives here in Chase County I do most of the songwriting and then our bass player Sarah Bays lives just two miles from me out here in Toledo um, in the country 
country. And then Melissa, uh, the percussionist and the primary harmony voice that you hear in the skirts music uh, and on my album. She, she also sang on my album, but um, she lives just over in Cottonwood Falls. So the three of us, if we can get together, that's like an unofficial skirt show. <laughs> and then Rachel and Emily are in Lawrence. Rachel just had a baby in November and Emily works at the Lawrence Arts Center. Anyway, we don't always, uh, we're not always able to get together and this year has been especially difficult and all five of us have not been together. So yeah. well, it, it was the Friday before everything shut down because we had planned to go to Oklahoma City um, for a couple of shows. Uh, well, Oklahoma City and then Stillwater for some shows. Um, that was like our first gigging weekend in uh, in months and it kind of got spoiled. We just at the last minute decided not to go because people were being exposed that we knew um, in Oklahoma. So we, yeah, we do still perform and we still, you know, love to get together. It's it's always been a hobby for us. It's always been just for our own enjoyment, for our own, um, you know, gratification. It took us six years to do our first album just because we, we were just having fun. We were having a good time. And um, we finally did put out Many Moons. And then a couple of years later, we did Mother. And yeah, we still, we still like to perform. We just don't get the opportunity, especially this year, has just been the worst. Do, do you, have other, you have other employment besides working musician? Well, uh, <laughs> I did. Um, I just last week, or actually Monday, just gave my notice. I've been bartending mm-hmm. um, since I've re-entering the workforce with after my youngest was born. She's eight now. So been bartending for a while and uh, really do love my pub in Emporia where I worked, but just not able to do so since I looks like I will be a full-time school teacher here <laughs> before too long. I think we're going to hope that our, our public school offers us a distance learning option. And if that's not the case, see, you know, see what we're going to do on our own. But, but yeah, it's kind of uh, been a wild ride because I had started to work out of the home and then last year was the first year that I really, you know, wanted to earn, you know, my objective was to earn a living through music. And I, you know, I was pretty successful in that, you know, with being able to go and wait, you know, 10 bar a couple of nights a week, or actually at some points, it was just a couple of times a month that I was on the schedule at Mulready's. And so um, I was doing pretty well. And now it's like both of those things are sort of out of the question for me. So nothing like reinventing yourself at 40. Well, I mean, and that's the truth. And I think that um, a lot of people, myself included are are in that are in that boat Mm -hmm. um i'm substantially older than you are but um i'm still the way i'm spending my time these days is completely the opposite of what i would have expected it to be if i was ever given this opportunity to have this much alone time and this much isolation you know after working Mm -hmm. in corporate america for 45 years and then working pretty full-time as a volunteer at the radio station I, i kept kept really really busy and when we started the heartland song network um we had a particular kind of game plan on how the first year was going to (laughs) go and of course it's it's not going that way but it's completely different but it's made us become so aware of the details and how we can pivot and shift and and how to be because we want to be of service we we want to help folks like you that are committed to being creators and supply us this the art you know we we were trying to figure out how we can best do that now in the circumstances that we're in. So we are trying our best to highlight who's here and 
and your art and to provide education and resources to you since you're kind of stuck, you know, where you're at yeah. and you can't get out and, and can't get out and tour. Um, what What is your writing process now during this period of isolation? Is it any different than it was a year ago? Absolutely. I mean, a year ago, I was writing Music as Medicine. And um, at this point in the year, I had a couple of the songs written. I'm not a super prolific writer. I mean, I, I do have a lot of material, but I've been writing for 20 years. So I, I'm not one of these people that just sits down and knocks out songs. Um, which you don't have a slight routine. You know, uh, I am the most undisciplined person you will ever meet. And this is part of my, uh, this is part of my growing awareness in this time is like, I, I, I'm not going to be able to support myself touring and, you know, potentially for a long time, just because I don't know if I'll get the therapy necessary to get out of my house again. You know, like this time has just really caused me to come in and just, I don't, I don't want to leave. I don't really want to be doing those shows and like, I'm not really mourning. Yeah. I'm not really mourning the losses as much as I thought that I would. I mean, Winfield is coming up and I'll probably cry all week. But other than that, I, you know, it's kind of like, fine, whatever, let's stay home. My process now has to be a lot more deliberate because um, as a parent, I don't have that isolation time. I mean, we're isolated, but it's with each other, you know, and I think a lot of my time is just like emotional energy spent trying to purr through this time uh, and sort of like putting myself aside so that I can try to make sure that this time is something that she remembers as, as being supported as difficult as it is, you know, cause like we went on spring break and then she never saw our friends again. So but it's been hard. It's been really hard for her. Um, so I've spent a lot of time during this, just like doing that for her and then gardening um, and like trying like hell to stay busy doing something that's land-based um, because I, I, I really think that in these times, like as an indigenous person, I want to go back to the land. You know, I want to go back to um, to those ways that, that aren't damaging and that aren't um, as, as difficult for the land to deal with as some of the more things sus- that we more do More sustainable, now. more sustainable. You know, I was thinking about it. Um, better relationship is kind of the way that I like to think about it. Say again? Um, better relationship. Um, I was thinking about my own grandparents and my, I used to live with my grandparents in the country when I was little. I would go stay with them starting the day after school, let out, and I wouldn't go back home to the city until the day before school started. And they lived in the country. And my grandmother never had a job outside the home. She never learned to drive a car. She never wrote a check. She essentially stayed home all the time and, you know, took care of the home and gardened and sewed and you know, did all of those, those things, um, that were very common, um, in country living 70 years ago or, you know, 80 years ago. Um, and so I think about her a lot these days because I'm living her life right now, you know, staying home and not going anywhere, but for to go to the grocery store. We started a garden this year. We've been spending a lot of time, you know, trying to be more, more aware of our imprint, you know, our, our imprint on the environment 
and being more responsible in, in that way. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily a, a bad thing to have this time of isolation in order to be able to reflect and figure out, you know, what's next or how you're going to pivot and, and conduct right. yourself moving forward. There's a yeah, lot. Be creatively, that's just felt like a, like a reset button. Mm -hmm. um, because I, you know, last year when I was writing music as medicine, I was doing this very like personal healing type um, work where I was looking into my own ancestry. I was thinking about the way that history repeats itself in generational stories, you know, Know, like I was thinking about because uh, I have the benefit of, of relatives, relatives who have done a lot of work on genealogy and things like that and so I was able to really dig deep on in several different areas of my family so I feel like anyway I, I was doing this like really personal work last year and in a way it you know it does translate to community and I've been told that that people see especially music as medicine as more of a community based idea surrounding the music rather than like relationship based so there or romance based or whatever that sort of like codependent love story that's in like every um <laughs> every music album you, you know what I mean like I was getting away I guess from that kind of love song or anti-love song type stuff and more into like community based stuff but I was doing it while really focusing on myself and really focusing on like what it was that I was doing personally so anyway just trying to draw a contrast like this year I really feel like there's I, I'm glad that I went through 2019 because I feel like this is like no there's no more time for that sort of like navel gazing and introspection like I'm glad that I got through that that healing that I needed to get through because this year is like totally different like this year is really more of a time for standing with for um for you know having listened to my own story completely or you know as completely as I could in that process now being ready to understand other people's stories you know I guess that's what art is is you know taking these really abstract ideas that you see people like discovering in life or you see yourself discovering in life turning that into a song or whatever this year just feels more it, it just feels more communal or more corporate and less and, and I don't mean a corporate you know what I mean right uh, Okay. Just less personal. It just feels less individualistic for me anyway. I really want the direction that the rest of, of my writing goes to be in sort of a more community base rather than just the, a personal space. Do I'm you, sure that'll change. Do you like to collaborate? You know, I don't do a lot of collaborating. Um, in the Heartland Song Network, COVID collaboration was the first time that I ever volunteered to do that because yeah. that's I've something that I, I just heard, like heard that a lot. would be exhausting. I just didn't think the concept was going to be like, or I, I just thought it, it sounded difficult because I didn't think that I was going to be able to feel what another person was feeling or, you know, like try to get into the same space. And then there's always concerns about like somebody trying to take over a project or not allowing things to really be uh, collaborative. But this was a really, um, that was such a unique experience because I'd never met Chris Winsky in person. We still haven't met in person. We just did everything you know we had like one zoom call and kind of set some parameters from what we for what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go with it and really it was like it it was at the same time that I was able to do the uh, rural regret zoom Monday night thing mm -hmm. they um yeah a Monday night and so I happened to be featured that night Chris happened to be watching so like he saw a couple of my songs and then was able to say hey I really like how you do this chord progression maybe we could start there I'm good with lyrics 
lyrics is that cool with you and I said yeah you write the lyrics and send it over to me and then he and he did and uh, I, I did you know add some lyrics for a bridge and and stuff but it was really quite it was so much easier than I imagined it being I really kind of thought it was going to be like a drag or something to be honest well, I, but I, I wanted to put an exercise we didn't know how it was going to go we were gratified by the response um, not everybody did ultimately create a song I think probably it was at least 75 or 80 percent of those who signed up for it did actually come forward with a completed song and in many cases a video you know to go along with it and most mm -hmm. of the people did not know each other at all we did that on purpose um, and luckily with almost without exception everybody really loved the exercise and moving forward mm -hmm. um, we're still locked down and we still don't want people physically getting together because we don't want we don't want anybody getting ill um, but you know anytime you put together two strangers who knows what's going to happen but right. I think that uh, the the reasoning for behind it for us is that we feel like these people are so talented and they need to be creating and if this exercise gives them the opportunity to kind of get out of a funk for a couple of days and actually connect with another artist you know maybe something you know good and tangible and positive will come out of it and if that is is that's what happens that's great I and mean, we certainly weren't looking to come up with an album or create a CD or anything like right. that we just wanted to have people be able to to go back to being creative so thank you for participating and I'm really glad that it's yeah. um, a good experience for you and I hope that you consider doing it in the future well who knows yeah. what they'll, they'll look like in the future but um, we intend to not only take that intend to take it to where we're collaborating with other organizations as well and, and other nonprofits to, to take it up a notch as well listen to the language of the trees grounded in root supporting honey for the bees wisdom in growth singing songs through the leaves listen to the language of the trees listen to the love within your soul it is in you nothing anyone can hold transcending boundaries creating all that's beautiful listen to the love within your soul your song is yours alone Sing now with me Listening for the melody Will be the harmony Be the change you wish to see in the world Believe your heart and the story from the start Life comes from within you and within every thought Be the change you wish to see in the world Listen to the love within your soul 
Listen to the language of the trees. I wanted to ask you if you ever feel like you get writer's block or suffer from imposter syndrome or, or anything like that. And if you do, what I mean, you live in such a beautiful place. I love the Flint Hills of Kansas. I absolutely adore it. Do you just go outside <laughs> and take a look at the stars and something? Or, you know, or do you I not? Mean, I used to mean, I, I really did used to say that a lot. Like, well, the, the prairie is my inspiration. And it is. I mean, the prairie, the stars, like all of this is my inspiration. But to answer your question, absolutely every day I get writer's block. Absolutely every day I have imposter syndrome. And like, especially having such a big part of my identity as a touring musician stripped away since March, you know, um, there have been moments, you know, we, we released the Halion album in April. Um, and I, you know, did some work on the, like the producing of, of that, of getting everything out. And I had gotten kind of caught up in that. And then once we let it out, sort of let it out and I maybe just like the end of June on my phone the, you know the music player and one of the Halion songs pops up where I'm singing and some of these songs uh, Halion worked in such a way that we like went in and didn't know some of the songs when we were in the studio we learned it recorded it and that was it and so there, one of these songs that was sort of like a brief moment in time of this musicianship that we got together and worked on and then it sort of passed on and then um, I listened to the song it just pops up and it was just such a, a humbling reminder of like, this is who you are. This is what you do. You are a musician. You create music. This is what you're capable of. And just to have those little reminders, anytime like I hear our, our recorded stuff here recently, I'm just really like shut up and humble because it's like, this is really, this really exists. I really am. Um, I really am good at what I do. <laughs> you know, it's hard to remember that when you don't get to, uh, you know, practice it. I'm so spoiled to an audience. Like, I've been in front of an audience since I was a little kid. I've always loved performing and something about performing that's just very gratifying for me. And so like not being able to do that is, is it's hard, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard to remind myself that this is, this is what I do. And it's like, how, how do you sort of translate this now, the skill or this propensity that, that you have to be in front of people and to communicate in that way? How do you translate that to like a format like you and I are doing on screen? And I've, I've been able to be a part of a lot of virtual events and do some live recordings and, and things like that with, you know, varying degrees of, of enthusiasm. Like I'll get really into it for a little bit and then it sort of drops off for a while, but I'm just kind of trying, trying to respect, you know, whatever this process is. I don't really understand what the next step is. Um, I do, I do long for the days that we can, you know, gather again and do live music again, but it's like in the meantime, trying to find supportive or supporting outlets like the, the collaboration like gardening like doing the live stuff but yeah just kind of trying to figure out I, I have this urge to reach out and do something but then if I have I have to remember that that's not you know <laughs> I made a decision to be a musician and and I don't I, I think that decision wasn't a mistake so I have to, I have no. to remind myself coming from I mean my own opinion about that is I am not a musician I can't play an instrument I have been a patron or a fan or whatever you want to call it of art 
art and culture my entire adult life and really even before. And one of the things that I was struck by when I was re-listening to Haley on today and your music as well is I have spent a lot of time in Nashville and in Austin and I've seen thousands of shows and, and I, I'm here to tell you that one of the reasons that I'm feeling so passionately about the Heartland Song Network is I will put up the musicians and the artists in this part of the country against anybody, anytime, anywhere. The song the song craft and, and the musicianship and the, the lyrics and the vocal talent, it's all there. It's as good as anything in the world. And I mm -hmm. um, am committed to trying to keep people here <laughs> and not feeling like they have to move to Nashville or Austin and, and leave, leave the heartland behind. Right. Um, that is our, our mission is to, to elevate the art of the song here in the heartland and, and to give you what you need to be successful and feel like you, you are valid and you doing the work and people mm -hmm. like me who can't do what you do need you to be here and um, whatever we can do to, to help you realize that creativity is, is what we want to do. So I think it's very normal for any human being to feel sometimes like they're not worthy or they're not realizing their full potential or, or that they're imposters or whatever, but that's just all part of being human. What makes us humane is the ability to create art and to, to celebrate it and to um, support Supported in so um, just keep doing what you're doing for the love of God, please. You know, when I first please, heard you on River Trip Radio, that 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 time singing, I thought, oh my God, that's just a beautiful voice. Who is that? I've got to find out who that is. So um, I'm very glad that you're here, and I would love for you to stay. What are you listening to right now when you're not creating your own music and you're putting together a, a playlist or whatever? Who 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 do you listen to? So I'm still kind of trying to go through all the people that I learned about through um, Folk Alliance in mm -hmm. January, and then also as a part of Folk Alliance, I participated in the Indigenous Music yes. mm -hmm. International Indigenous Music Summit. And I've gotten to know uh, so many really great people through that um, through that gathering that I you know still stay in contact with. So I'm kind of you know still like going through that and going through this list of really great artists and and learning about them and listening to them. Oh gosh, who am I listening to? So my eight year old lives with me, so I'm listening to a lot of Lizzo, but that is not my choice. <laughs> This is like how we motivate to clean house. What's funny is like on my own, I don't listen to a lot of folk music. I don't listen to a lot of country or, or Americana. I mean, besides like Jason Isbell and 400 Units new album, I've been playing playing it over and over. But I listen to a lot of hip hop, R&B and soul like on my own. That's just kind of what I go to. So yeah. Funny thing about me being a musician is that I'm really bad at knowing music history or like band uh, you know like the genealogy yeah okay. that kind of stuff and like people will talk to me either about that like about band members and, and you know this person was this and that and think that I know because I'm a musician and I don't or like uh, guitar people will also come up and start talking guitars with me and I'm like eh, this guy gave me a Martin this is all I know I'm, I'm not a super fan of a lot of or of music you know what I mean like that sounds terrible to say because I like should support my industry probably a little bit more but like I, I do listen to music. I just have a hard time follow certain people. I just 
kind of like I like to let my Spotify tell me what to listen to and I if I enjoy it I put a heart next to it but I'm kind of bad at remembering names and following up with those folks so I get so much music that comes, I get so much music that comes to me every day really mm -hmm. uh, most, mostly digitally now I mean I still get CDs not very much um, anymore I get so much content that comes to me and I, I can't get around to all of it and, and I'm sure this is a generational thing as well I love all kinds of music Danny my partner loves Latin jazz you know and and in R&B and so there's a lot of that and he went to Cuba last year and he loves he loves mm -hmm. Cuban music and so we listened to a lot a lot of that around the house but having grown up in the 60s I you know R&B and soul music and blues and hard rock I mean I like I like it all and it just depends on what mood mm -hmm. I'm in and what I'm yeah, trying for sure. to get accomplished or what mood I'm trying to get rid of um, or aspire to yeah. um, so I think it's it's I think it's a good I think it's a good thing to take a break from it every once in a while when it's mm -hmm. when it's your vocation a lot of times like I'll, if I'm listening to music um, that other people have made and I like it it's like I some I have this compulsion to like ask myself if I could do that or if I could cover this song or it's like I have this like automatic thing to like absorb it or or something and I don't I don't know what that is but it's always been sort of a fascinating thing if I like a song I'm like oh we should cover this you know instead of just being able to appreciate the song for for what it is like I think sometimes as an art art creator it makes me a really bad art consumer if that makes sense <laughs> like do you, I, do you feel compelled to or do you shy away from in any way mixing up your music with your political uh, stance or your social views I, I mean songs like um, is it black snake uh -huh. yeah things like songs like that that if you knew know you you know that's the political song that's a very socially aware politically motivated yeah song. um I think that it doesn't like there's not a political on off switch in my brain or in my hand when I go to write but there are so many like the word political is sort of a a word that I, I don't think we all understand the same way because I mean for Black Snake that was about you know that was about my relations that was about people that I um <clears throat> you know that that I that I felt a kinship with I didn't go to standing room you know I, I wasn't there um I felt a a kinship with those who were there with you know some of the people that had lived there their whole life and then I kind of started following them as a result of the early um, court proceedings that were happening and then and then it blew up you know and so I kind of had this like core group of, of the I want to say resident people who live there and so when I was hearing their stories and finding out really what what tripped what tripped it finally was first I mean I'm, I'm sitting at home feeling utterly helpless because mm -hmm. I have a tiny baby you know she wasn't a tiny baby but she was a toddler who had no business going to going to that environment <laughs> in the middle of winter because it was in January that that song was written and then there was the story about um, it was actually one of my friend's cousins who, got, who was arrested and charged with a felony for, for being threatening to a law enforcement officer and like just the irony of that whole situation blew me away because it was like you know the, the threatening part of his of his stance was just his existing 
being and living in that place and his defense of his own land. And so um, to me, that wasn't a political song. You know, of course, it's it has political implications. It has it, it was made political when the U.S. government decided to protect, you know, this corporation that wanted to do something to their land that they didn't want done. It was politicized by the government instead of just letting letting the people say, we don't want this here. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't just do that. And we had to go through this whole this whole process. And then, you know, the, you know, everything that happened after that. So I don't know. Polit- politics is not something that I shy away from because politics is policy. It's the policy that we make as, as a community to govern ourselves. And I don't understand people who don't want to talk about that or who, who find some shame in being involved in that. Because I think that sometimes, especially with an with artists, we're sometimes told to just stick to writing music or just stay. You don't know anything about how politics works. You should just, you know, stick to stick to playing the guitar. Or um, stick to playing basketball or stick to playing baseball or whatever. or whatever it is, you know, like you're not in yeah. to an opinion. Yeah. And I think that's just such a chicken shit move because because politics is policy. We are all affected by the policies that our policy makers mm-hmm. create and we being affected by it should have a say in it. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point of this representative democracy, which we could argue about the viability of that. But, you know, the whole point is that we are supposed to be, be represented. And that means being represented as artists or as athletes or as just resident of, of a place, especially residents that have such a connection to that land that, that they can speak up to their fourth and fifth generations back of who, who was there and, and even thousands and thousands of years back that their people live there and to, to kind of dismiss that as politics has been difficult I guess for me to find the confidence to continue to talk about things like that because I don't want people to discount me because you know they feel that I'm getting political but on the other hand like how can you not in some of these situations how can you not create art out of the suffering that frankly policy is responsible for do you feel like as a citizen of the Potawatomi nation and also a citizen of this country of the United States is there like I would feel it seems to me like you'd be pulled in sometimes opposite directions all the time um, absolutely um yeah that would, sure. that would that would weigh I mean I have friends who have dual citizenships but mm-hmm. not with indigenous culture here it's you know they they have a French passport and a German passport and an Amer- you know it just is something that I'm so ignorant about and I'm one of the one of the things that I'm very grateful about becoming aware of you and your art and you as a person is I want to learn more about that. I come from Northwest Ohio originally, and I recall as a young person, there were, there are monuments and historical markers in my neighborhood about the Shawnee Indians. And I think the Potawatomi actually, those are Algonquin or Great Lakes era Mm -hmm. original tribes that were forcibly removed to this area. You are not, the Potawatomi and the Shawnee are not local here. (laughs) I mean, they are now, but they didn't start out that way. There's just a lot that I need to know and I need to learn. Tell me about the grant that you have received. Yeah, Um, so, well, the First People's Fund, at the end of 2018, I was really feeling a push to to do two things, and one was to create a, a career in music that was 
sustainable that was sustaining me and my family and then another was to reconnect with my heritage when you when you ask about citizenship i mean one of the things that that i learned through the process of the last 10 years of of me trying to claim my identity as a potawatomi woman is that understanding of citizenship and the understanding of dual citizenship and understanding of my identity as a political identity and therefore a threat you know in some cases and um or to some people i guess i should say so that that whole you know that whole concept has been something that i'm that i'm learning and processing through anyway so i wanted to do both of these things and and up comes this grant one of my tribal members shared it on on our, our facebook tribal group page but it was for this art grant and i read through it and i was like oh my gosh they want to give money to somebody who's doing what i'm doing you know it wasn't like how am i going to work this to fit it was it was exactly what what i was wanting to do and so i I went through their application process. I'd never written a grant before. The process of writing that grant was really great for me because it forced me to write things like a bio, which, you know, how am I going to be a professional musician if I don't have a standard bio? And it was like, up until that point, I was just like writing out something. Every time somebody emailed me for a bio, I'm like, okay, well, I'm blah, blah, blah. You know, I was like writing a new one and they were all terrible. <laughs> every time. So it, it helped me just build a lot of the basic and, and have a, okay, I really need a website now that I'm applying for this grant. I've got to, I've got to look legit, you know, all this stuff. Just the application process of the grant was really great for me to go through. And then being awarded the grant, uh, I was able to attend um, the Fellowship and Art and Culture Bureau Conference in Phoenix in February of 2019. And that point met some of the other musicians who had been awarded grants or had worked in the past with First People's Fund. And those relationships have been huge for me through this past year and a half. So really close with many of those people. So First People's Fund uh, granted me the money to, to record that album and, and continue to, to work with me and to help me out in different ways and uh, just through technical support and sometimes financial aid. Um, they, I'm actually doing a thing with them on Saturday. I'm doing a short performance. They're doing a, one of their programs is called Rolling Res. It's based out of Pine Ridge, I think where they are. It's a portable, is that the word I'm looking for? It's like an art mobile type thing uh, where they take sort of these workshops and to different areas. Yeah, so, and I, I'm not the person to, to ask about the specifics of that program, but, but I get to participate with on Saturday they're doing a ribbon fair workshop and then I get to play a couple of songs. So First People's Fund have have been a really, really great organization for me to be a part of. I'm very grateful to them for, for all of their support. Is your is your daughter now you have two children? Yes. Are either one of them showing any interest in music? They both show interest in music. I don't know what the future holds for either of them as far as pursuing it. My oldest daughter is a student at Pittsburgh State University in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And she is currently studying graphic design, which she's very skilled at, but she's also a great singer and guitar guitar player and just doing that for fun and to impress her friends. <laughs> and then my youngest is eight and she's also, you know, just a very musical kid. I don't know. I don't know what she'll decide to do. Has she been to Win has she been to Winfield? They've both been to Winfield as long as they've been around. So yeah, yeah my oldest was two months old when we started and this would have been her twenty second year. The, you know, they'll find their own way. That that's for sure. Oh, what, yeah. what do you hope to be doing a year from now? Oh that's really difficult to say. I mean, I really hope next year to be more efficient and productive with food uh, production and 
also like I one of my other things that I'm doing right now while I have time is thinking about just self self-sustaining and, and and how do I want to help my community and what I want to what do I want to be creating for my community outside of music and that's um one of those things is is medicinal herbs I really want to be able to to supply especially my elders and those in my community in my tribal community with medicine when they need it so I I harvest sage and bee balm and things like that that are some of our medicines and I really want to be able to do some more growing of those medicines specifically for the purpose of gifting and and using in ceremonies and healings and things like that. So one of my big goals is a greenhouse. I really want to buy some land. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I want to buy land and uh, be able to have a community center at home more than just a home to come to. I want people to come home to. So like my big huge dream is a tiny house village with a garden and a greenhouse and a commercial kitchen and an outdoor indoor outdoor eating area and a stage and a campground. So yeah, these are all the ideas bouncing around in my head so like where do I want to be next year maybe just to have more of a focused vision on what it is that I'm doing I would really love to be on the road again but I don't I don't know I, I really hope that by next year that's happening I'm trying to you know build build a better footing at home so that so that when I am home I'm doing the things that I want to be doing what do you think that we can do and by we I mean Heartland Song Network and the Kansas City area or this heart land area what can we do for you as an organization what would you like to see us do to help artists like you what's the basic the most basic thing that we can do to help you um gosh i mean i don't want to presuppose to know you know what somebody you know the covid collaborations was born out of the sense that these people need something to do they can't they can't tour they can't perform of somebody um let's give them something to do yeah. and the webinars that we're giving have we've three or four so about how to copyright your material and how to protect yourself and that sort of thing it's not real sexy stuff it's kind of what we thought so far to be able to help um our musicians protect themselves both legally and artistically it seems that sometimes uh, people like me who have a creative brain like lack that discipline that i was talking about earlier and then also kind of lack that mindset because I, I, I'm not a very like success driven person I just I just don't have the same concept of success I guess I just want to be able to have a place to live uh, I mean as far as like practical it's like my biggest hurdle has been technology okay. and I don't know I'm, I'm trying to decide if this is something that that Heartland Song has a responsibility to me for because I'm in rural Kansas you know and, and of course I finally got a cellular hot until the middle of May I did not have internet in my home I was only using my phone so because of COVID I got internet at home it's not the best but it's not horrible I mean it worked um and then I just had like a really junky laptop that I'd I bought like the cheapest laptop they had at, at Staples a couple of years ago. Well, just in at the end of 2018, because I had to finish that grant application. It's so funny. Like I wasn't able to do it because I was like going to the library to try to type stuff up. And I was like, okay, I've got to get it. I have, I have to get a laptop. I'm a grown up. I need, yeah. <laughs> I need a laptop. Well, no, that's so right. I got this laptop and then I found out. That, that's real helpful to know yeah. because I Sorry. think that um, technology, gosh, it's, it's changing so fast and you know if you you mm -hmm. think you're set on a particular setup of gear or software or whatever six months later it's all obsolete you know and um i right. i know that um well and that's been my thing like i i got this laptop thinking that 
that was solving one of my problems, but then comes to find out it's not going to run uh, the software that I need to do recording at home. Uh -huh. So like when Chris and I were finishing up the, the song, I was trying to learn the software like that day to go ahead and get something recorded. And when it came, became clear that I was unable to get the technology to talk to each other the correct way, I was able to call my friend in Emporia and he, you know, even though it was sort of shut down, we were like, okay, we're going to be, you've been careful, I've been careful, we're going to do this ended up recording in somebody else's house because I wasn't able to, to get it figured out. And like now I have like all the equipment, I have these microphones and I have this mixing board and all this stuff, but my computer won't handle it. So now I get to give my laptop that I bought to my daughter and then come up with another one for myself because it just like, it just won't do what I need it to do apparently. And that's been a pretty big, uh, I guess, barrier to like getting okay. anything out. Well, that, that yeah, that's, that's good information to know because I know, I know that there are assets out there um, and people that are willing to share the experience and expertise that they have with regard to what you need to, you know, kind of bare bones, what you need, what you need in order to be able to um, present a, a professional looking quality sounding product. Um, and another thing that we're hoping. To yeah. Just, just the bare bones of, of recording. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's great information to know. Is there any questions you have of me <laughs> before we go? want to ask me or ask Heartland? I'll try to answer. Uh, no, but I just want to thank you. I just, I think that you're right about Kansas City and the Midwest having the caliber of talent. Of course, we have the same caliber of talent as anywhere else in the world. Nowhere else in the world, you know, has what we have too. In, in more, more than just being able to compete or, or be on the same level, like we have a unique quality that isn't found in other places. And um, I think that the Kansas City or area um, music scene, you know, that was kind of part of what drew me to Kansas in the first place was having, you know, in Emporia, I sort of have access to Wichita, I have access to Lawrence and Kansas City, I have access to Manhattan, um, and then Oklahoma City is not far, and, you know, Omaha is not far, you know, like, I, we're in the heartland, so I have this, like, right. ability to, to hop around from here, and it's a, I, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to come here, but then on the other hand, like, there, or even, even more than that, there's just such a rich legacy of regional, original music that we celebrate, you know, we know how great it is. Um, I and and that the world just kind of you know sometimes overlooks because Kansas City is known for blues and that's it. You know, and, right. and when we well, know, that's, that's one of the reasons not, we call you know that is one of how what Kansas City looks like on a Friday night. Right, and then we you know that's why we call it the Heartland Song Network. We didn't want to call it Kansas City because our intention, our original footprint intention was Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, and Missouri, because those four states do not have statewide songwriting organizations. They have chapters of the Nashville Songwriters yeah. Association, but they do not have their own songwriting organization. So we started there with that footprint of those four states. But we now we're kind of thinking, well, maybe the heartland is more suggestive of a state of mind than a physical geographical place because of our connections and the connections of our members. We have members from California, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Florida. It's its not just um, songwriting members from the heartland physically or geographically. Um, that's going to be our mm -hmm. focus at first in, in terms of physical 
performances that we try to put together or whatever, but um, we are not, our intention is not to just serve Kansas City. It, we want to reach out to the Alexa Doxons living in, um, is it Toledo? Toledo? Toronto. Toledo. Thank you again so much for doing this today. Have a great rest of your day. Have a wonderful weekend. And um, Thank you. Have an Thank you, Diana. You belong in the circle, you belong, you belong, you belong in the circle, you belong, you belong, not above, not below, in the circle, you belong, you were born. In the circle, you belong, you belong. You were born in the circle, you belong, you belong. Not above, not below, in the circle, you belong. All of life is a circle. You belong, you belong. All of life is a circle. You belong, you belong. Not above, not below. In the circle, you belong. There is love in the circle. We belong, we belong. We have peace in the circle. We belong, we belong. Not above, not below. In the circle, we belong. Not above, not below. In the circle.